You're listening to Rumination Law and Gospel on this June the 14th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be taking a look at a hymn, Rise, Shine, You People. Now, when did this come about? Well, in the Inter-Lutheran Commission on Worship, prepared what would become LBW, Augsburg Publishing House inaugurated what they called the Hymn of the Month series. This was to encourage the creation of original hymn text and tunes. The publisher asked gifted poets to create texts based on existing tunes, then asked gifted composers to graft new tunes to fit the new text. And Augsburg distributed the hymns on inserts with the new text set to older tunes. And the series lasted only 24 months, 1973 until 1975. But it left the church several hymn treasures. Martin Franzman's Our Paschal Lamb That Set Us Free and Yaroslav Vajas up through endless mark ranks of angels, all appeared as part of this program. Rise, Shine, You People by Ronald Klug, who was born in 1939, also had this included. Augsburg published the text and tune together as the February 1974 Hymn of the Month. And he based the text on Isaiah 60, which reads, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now, the story of Jesus in the hymn is a Trinity-created story of salvation, life, and freedom, by which the Holy Spirit draws humans to faith. Believers no longer remain banished to an earth ruined by sin and death. Rather, the triune God makes them a new creation, as each one is united through baptism with the crucified Christ. And by the way, this is the hymn of the day during Pentecost for proper seven. So, Pastor Smith, how often do you sing this hymn? You know, I have to say, I'm not familiar with the melody, um, but I'll tell you what, this really fits for the gospel reading this Sunday. You know, the, when Jesus visited the land of the Gerasenes and he casts out all those demons into the pigs and, uh, he seems to come at nighttime. He, he his boat lands at night and, uh, it kind of fits, uh, see how he sends the powers of evil reeling, you know, they're begging they're just begging, uh, don't don't destroy us, Jesus. Instead, send us into these this herd of swine. Uh, I mean, they're just begging for their uh, continuing existence. Right. And, of course, when they went into the swine, which are unclean animals in Judaism, they went down the hill into the water and right. drowned. Right. Now, yeah, the this one is, thing was... Go ahead, Tom. The one thing, though, rise, shine, you people didn't work here. 
because when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city. And actually, the people were very afraid. And, and so it took a while for them to really come to understand what Jesus was doing. Yeah. This land of the Gerizines, of course, was not, uh, it was a Gentile area. And uh, I suppose, well, they, had I suppose they were afraid, they were afraid he was going to hurt their, their hog industry. Yep. Yep. Good point. So I got a few points we want to make on this, Sam. And if you would begin by reading stanza one. Rise, shine, you people. Christ the Lord has entered our human story. God in him is centered. He comes to us by death and sin surrounded with grace unbounded. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, which, of course, you know me. These are trick questions. Yes, (laughs) Um, Do you explain the gospel in every sermon? Well, I certainly certainly make that uh, an emphasis. Uh, I think in every sermon you ought to have have the cross, you ought to have forgiveness, you ought to have the story of of Christ's redemptive uh, work, you ought to have the resurrection. those are those are some important points that I think every sermon should stress. Well, while I'm at home, I'm, I'm reading a number of books that I don't usually get to, and one of them was on Saucy. Herman Saucy? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know who he was. Yes, oh yes. Tremendous German theologian taught in Australia, even came over and did lectures here, uh, particularly in North America. And um, a lot of people look to him as really understanding Lutheran theology. Yes, he did. He was at a lecture once when one of the speakers said, in every sermon, I explain the gospel. And Saucy got up and was angry. And he said to him, I never explain the gospel. I proclaim. There you go. There you go. Yeah, because how can you explain? How can you explain that the God of the universe loved us so much that he sent his son to suffer miserably and die for us. How can how can you explain that love of God? I understand what he's saying, but it is kind of a it's kind of a an, an interesting and unusual response for for even Saucy to make. Yes, and I was thinking about that as I went through this hymn. Show me a place, like in verse one, where. Klug, the writer, explains the gospel rather than proclaims the gospel. Yeah. There isn't one. No. See, rise, shine, you people. And then he gives the reason 
why we should have that kind of attitude. Christ the Lord has entered our human story. Notice he doesn't explain that it came through the incarnation. He just makes the point of the gospel. Yeah. And people seeing that would recognize what he's talking about. Yeah. God in him is centered. Jesus that reveals really the visible important. God to us. Yeah, right. In Jesus now, dwells the fullness of the deity. Yes, yes. Now, Saucy makes another point that I'd have to think about for a bit. He thinks that the Sunday service is not a complete service without what? What would you think he'd say? Oh, I guess he would say probably without the Lord's Supper. Very good, Mark. That's correct. <laughs> and yet, says, and yet, as you as as well as you well know, that many of our congregations for decades uh, didn't offer the Lord's Supper in in every service. I think more of them do it now. Uh, every service has the Lord's Supper. I think we've learned on that, but uh, for for many decades, this was not the case. Yes, I'm still at congregations where it's uh, second and fourth Sunday or the first and third and this sort of thing. Uh huh. But he makes a point. Does your congregation have it every Sunday? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, and the reason for that. For example, I hadn't been at the church for a few weeks, and so I came last Sunday, and they hadn't had communion for three weeks, and so they asked, could we have communion? And I did celebrate the Lord's Supper, and also this Sunday is going to be the Lord's Supper. So two Sundays in the row. Now, I said something that Saucy also would disagree with. Remember, I just said, I celebrate the Lord's Supper. Aha. Uh -huh. what's, what's wrong with that? Well, it's, it's, I would say it, it's, it's Christ who is celebrating the Lord's Supper. He's, he's the host. He's yes. welcoming us. And who we're, else is celebrating the Lord's Supper? Well, his body, the, the, the church, people. Exactly. And he points out how the liturgy is built in such a way that it leads to an understanding of the Lord's Supper. Because that is the great gospel message of the Lord's Supper, that when we are in Christ, we're now in a new nation. Yeah. And therefore, we have great benefits because of that. Well, that's, that's certainly the case. The liturgy certainly teaches, uh, you, you know, I think of the Nook Dimittis, uh, Simeon's song, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. Just as Simeon was so relieved and uh, he had seen the Christ. The God, God had promised him that he would not see death until he had seen with his own eyes the promised Savior. And uh, 
he took that little Jesus, little Lord Jesus, up into his arms and and uh, sang this uh, Nuktamitis song. And we say we sing the same song once that we have partaken of God's body and blood. We've taken the Lord Jesus into us. And we I now, had a woman yeah. who had recently been catechized, and in the sermon I made the point of what you just said, Simeon's song. Lord, now let us out thy ter- servant depart in peace, for I have seen the Lord, and coupled it to the Lord's Supper. When she yes. came forward, she was weeping at the altar. Yeah, and no so kid. so I asked her afterwards... Was there something wrong? No. She was just so happy to be able to sing what Simeon had sung. Yeah. These are the things that we want to share and teach our people because they really they really have an ap- appreciation for our liturgy after we've told them these things. Yes. Sasi, and I might deal with this tomorrow, has a lot to say about keeping the original liturgy that kind of stemmed from the Catholic Church, but Luther changed to make it more biblical. And he says, today, there are so many people, pastors, who think they can do a better liturgy than that. And what they're doing is denying the promises as found in the liturgy to set up something they think might be more entertaining or enjoyable. Oh, I know. I mean, who are we? Who are we that we think we can improve on some of these things? A lot of pastors are doing that, and district officials are not doing anything about it. You know, we, we've got some problems with certain false doctrines, and there may be some well, problems in congregations with pastors who are acting in a wrong way. But nothing is more important than the liturgy of the church. And as we move away from that, we are moving away from giving people the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ. Tell me a point in the liturgy where the gospel is not proclaimed, but explained. And I can't think of any. No, I can't either. That's, that's a huge difference. I hear sermons, uh, particularly on other radio stations besides KFUO, where they try to explain the gospel. And last Sunday was a great example. What Sunday was that? Well, it was Trinity Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Try and explain the Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even the great great fathers of the church, like St. Augustine, struggled with it. All we can do is is proclaim. Very good. And, And so you've got situations where I remember uh, the Trinity was compared to light. You've got the light that has a source, that's God the Father. Then you have a light that's traveling through space, that's Jesus Christ. And then you have the light 
that lands on earth and shines, and that's the Holy Spirit. And that's how they try to explain the Trinity. Or they'll take an apple. An apple has a peel, it has a core, and then it has a center part. But it's still all one apple. So yeah, all of those all of those metaphors break down uh after 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 so much, you know, they just don't they're probably they're probably helpful for for children to a certain extent, but uh the metaphors break down after a while. Right. And you move from proclamation to explanation and boy can there be people out there look at Arius when he tried to show that Jesus wasn't divine he explained bible verses that seemed to say that and he was dead wrong right uh, all right stanza two please okay see how he sends the powers of evil reeling he brings us freedom light and life and healing all men and women who by guilt are driven now are forgiven once more not explanation but proclamation each one of those is a proclamation of what jesus has done he sends the powers of evil reeling now, that, of course, is referring to the devil himself and sinful men. He brings us, now, if this isn't proclamation, freedom, light, and life, and healing. Freedom from what? Well, that's the epistle for this Sunday. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. That's going to be my sermon theme. And I will explain what that means. You have to. But then we will proclaim what it really means, which is this verse 2. Rise, shine, you people. And how do you like this last part? All men and women who by guilt are driven now are forgiven. That's right. Now that's really important. The best word there is the word all. Are all forgiven? All are atoned. All. All of our sins, the sins of the whole world, have, were atoned by Christ on the cross. Uh, he has, he's redeemed all mankind. We call that objective justification. All have been redeemed. All men and women have been redeemed. But, of course, and, 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 the, and the offer of eternal life is, is offered to them freely if they will only accept it by faith. And they, can't, they cannot accept they cannot get it without the help of the Holy Spirit creating that faith in their hearts. That's right. All right. Stanza three now is our response 
to hearing the gospel proclaimed. If you'd read that. Come celebrate your banners high unfurling, your songs and prayers against the darkness hurling. To all the world, go out and tell the story of Jesus' glory. Remember, Jesus is the content of the entire scripture. That's right. There's another item in here that Sasi really emphasizes, and that is that your songs and prayers against the darkness hurling. Now, when you do a prayer, the general prayer for the people, who do they think is doing the prayer? Well, I would think they think that I'm giving the prayer. Very good. That's right. But in reality, you are using a prayer. And remember how many beginnings of the prayers are? Come, let us pray together. This is not the prayer of the pastor who's doing it on your behalf. It is the prayer in which the people join and becomes one of the most powerful weapons against evil. For when the people pray, and they're also taking the Lord's Supper, they are one in Christ. God hears their prayers and answers their prayers to their good. Yeah. So Sasi says, prayer is one of the most important items in the Christian life. Yeah, and you know, Tom, the Bible also tells us even the prayers of one righteous person availeth much. Yes. So as powerful as as corporate prayer is, even the prayers of just one person uh, avails much. Yeah, and we see that in so many cases. Uh, Paul is shipwrecked on an island with other sailors, and natives are there, and they're preparing a fire to cook, and Paul gets bitten by a poisonous snake. He just shakes it off his hand and keeps on working. Because you know his prayer was, Lord, let me continue to live to proclaim your message. And what happens to Paul? Well, he goes all the way to Rome and proclaims before Caesar. Exactly. Just as Jesus promised him he would. He promised that he would go all the way to Rome with the message. And so his one prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay, final verse, please. Well, now, we didn't do the third verse. You want to do the third verse? Yeah, we just finished it. We did. Where was I at that time? (laughs) Uh, Tell how the Father... Tell how the Father sent his Son to save us. Tell of the Son who life and freedom gave us. Tell how the Spirit calls from every nation his new creation. Now, once more, I'll ask the question. Is this explanation or is it what? 
It's proclamation. In fact, yes. that's, what, that's what it begins with. Tell. This, remember, this is under the this is under the superscription uh, mission and witness. That's the section of uh, hymnody that this that this hymn is found. Mission and witness. Tell how the Father sent His Son to save us. Tell of the Son who life and freedom gave us. Tell how the Spirit calls from every na- nation His new creation. You know. Now, originally, this hymn was under the Epiphany section. But they moved it to the mission and witness section as we have it. And the explanation is because of what you just said. You're telling, 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 not explaining, explaining, explaining. It's not that you don't explain things, but the gospel is proclaiming them not just explaining them. Makes a difference when you're preparing a sermon, Mark. Certainly does. Well, thanks very much. Rise, shine, you people. I got more out of it than I thought I would when I first looked at it. But uh, that is due to reading other people. And so we appreciate this wonderful message of proclamation. Tomorrow, I'm thinking of going into a little bit more what Sassi said concerning those pastors that are no longer using proper liturgy. He doesn't fool around. Join with us tomorrow on Law and Gospel. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.